Oh, a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Just a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Yeah, if you want <laughs> it inside you and you like it where you poo, then a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Fuck you! That's my name! <laughs> We should probably throw a spoiler alert right at the top just because it's pretty much impossible to talk about this movie without addressing the major spoiler. So, you know, if, 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 if the listening audience has not watched this movie, I would strongly recommend going and watching the movie first unless you're a, a fan of spoilers like Kevin Smith is. Uh, but I, I can't wrap my head around that personally. I, I, would hate to, I would hate to have had this movie spoiled for me. After watching it, me too. But all right, this is Sharks Across Hollywood. The spoiler alert came from the guy to my left, the Reverend General Samuel Mance. I'm Andrew, and I pretend to be in charge, but I'm really not. <laughs> no, he just owns all the equipment and the property and and invited me to be here. So, no, totally not in charge. The women are in charge. Well, that's true enough. The woman, I guess. But anyway, yeah, today we're doing Frailty, the fucking... 2001 movie directed by Bill Paxton, which I didn't even know he directed the anything. The late, great Bill Paxton. Yeah, he only directed two movies. Really? What was yeah. the other one? Oh, God. It was a movie that nobody's ever fucking heard of, I'm, I imagine. I looked it up. Watch, it turns out it's one of my favorite movies, and I didn't know Paxton directed it. Oh, a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Just a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Yeah, if you want <laughs> it inside you and you like it where you poo, then a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. I'm keeping that in, by the way. That's that's what's starting the show. Uh, <laughs> that's our new theme song, right there. Oh, that's okay. It's it's not a movie, not a movie that no one's ever seen. People people have seen it. So he did Frailty in 2001, and he did the greatest game ever played in 2005, which I think. Oh yeah, I yeah. I missed that one because it's about it's about uh, golf golf or baseball. It's about golf, and it stars Shia LaBeouf. Yeah. Who, this is pre-Transformers. Speaking so. of speaking of which, I am I am rocking my Shia LaBeouf Just oh, Do shit. It shirt today. How fortuitous! I didn't even notice <laughs> that you can't write that shit, and we didn't because we don't. We barely planned this. I have no fucking idea what I'm doing. Shia LaBeouf is the Santa Claus of the internet. At least once a year, he comes along and gives all us good little internet trolls presents because he loves us. He's just mad because they suggested that he died in the Transformers. movies i I haven't seen the last one so i don't even know have you seen his arrest video no that was fantastic how long ago was that oh i think it was last year but i could be wrong i don't know i have no concept of time much like stephen wright in so i married an axe murderer (laughs) deep cuts how how many people i remember when that movie came out i have not seen it since i was a little kid though probably so but i remember my mom brought it home one day and we all watched it together because I watched it, I watched it way too many times when when my mom brought it home. That was back in the twenty four hour rental days, and I think I watched that movie four times. Can you fucking imagine twenty four hour movie rentals anymore? Like just, <laughs> I mean, I guess te- technically it is twenty four hour rentals when you get it on like PlayStation Network or Apple or whatever. No, well, most most services now give you forty eight at least, don't 48. they? Forty eight. I think uh, when I rented fuck did we do last week uh kingsman oh uh kingsman god damn it which movie did i rent i paid oh oh when i did i'm still still here did i'm still here i fucking rented it and it was only 24 hours really yeah Mm. it was on playstation oh see i've never rented through psn so i don't know 
So yeah, as mentioned before, spoiler alert, because there's some there's yep. some M Night Shyamalan level twists in this fucking thing. Okay, maybe maybe not that weird. I don't know. It's it's a pretty it's a it's a pretty extreme twist. It's a good one because it completely cha- it completely changes the entire. Ha- have you watched this movie more than once? No, I just watched the it second once viewing and, yeah. is a completely different experience having it, knowing what the twist is. So, I watched it yeah. with my kids last night. My two my two boys in. Uh, <laughs> Which is perfectly appropriate because it's basically the story of a father and his two boys. Right. How fucking appropriate for that movie on Father's Day. We're recording this on Father's Day and I just watched it and sitting there, sitting there watching. I'm like, oh shit. So I'm going to, I'm going to show this to my dad. (laughs) Midway through the movie, my son having no idea where the movie's going, only knowing what you know it about the midpoint of the movie. He leans over to his little brother and goes, Dad's just like him. Don't listen to him. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so this was a good movie that came out in 2001. I feel like those were rare at, the, at that time because the way the way I see it now. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna mention the nostalgia critic. Who is the nostalgia critic? The nostalgia critic sure. is a YouTuber who used to review like older movies, and he had, he his cutoff date used to be 2001 or something. Uh-huh. but now he reviews more modern films because he probably ran out of nostalgic movies but he's just an internet yeah, it's critic. not like there's a hundred and some years of films before that yeah he yeah i don't know <laughs> he did the oldest movie he reviewed was like reefer madness i think that's pretty and, i mean it's an old that's an old movie and for i think sure. that was just a joke but what's but that in the 1950s or yeah yeah, yeah. weed is scary everybody <laughs> but he uh he made a video about what he calls the dark ages of cinema and not like the dark ages like night the 1900s when they were first learning how to make movies, but like... No, that was the Industrial Revolution of cinema, (laughs) if anything. I mean, it was literally the Industrial Revolution. But then we get to the 90s, and Batman and Robin comes out, and that's where he says, like, the Dark Ages starts. And then he says it ends... I I could agree with that. He says it ends at about, like, 2001, 2002, but I'm like, I think it kind of kept going, because we got Daredevil and the Incredible Hulk and Elektra, and just Planet of the Apes, Battlefield Earth, all that shit. Both of those movies came out in 2001, so I don't know. There was a slew of bad (laughs) movies around that time. At the same time, you know, it's like there's always buried, there's always going to be buried gems. Uh, Frailty is one of them. And of course, uh, the other obvious one is uh, Ready to Rumble, starring. Uh, oh, yeah, the, the classic. <laughs> David Arquette and Oliver Platt. But that, that, that was the thing about the Dark Ages. It was like every blockbuster was just shit. Not all of them, but it was like mostly all these blockbusters eh. coming out were not good, but then you had to dig deeper I'm having, and find I'm them. having a hard time. I don't know, 2001. Um, yeah, I'm having a really hard time thinking of... I mean, I guess we got X-Men in 2001, which oh, was, is that, was was that good. Oh, was that for 2001? Yeah, or 2000. Yeah, I think, actually, I think it was 2000 because 2002, X2 came out, I believe. Oh, okay. Yeah, X-Men, X-Men was good. X-Men had a lot of problems, though. Like, it, it was definitely a victim of its era. Oh, yeah, yeah. And like uh, particularly Blade. towards the end, like the early mm-hmm. part of the movie is great, and then in the end, it kind of falls apart. And it's a th- the, the, there's a that's a problem with Blade too. I think that movie's really good, but if you watch all that fucking jumpy, jittery editing and the yeah, thing, I'm just like that's I'm glad we don't do that anymore. We're not fucking French. Let's not try to do that. As much as I do love Stephen Dorff, and I do, <laughs> I do, I have a deep affection for Stephen Dorff. His character was written pretty hammy in that movie. Oh yeah. You know, it was it was it was pretty cornball. But I also love it. Oh it's, no, it's it's it's, it's a really fun movie. It's a really fun, you just got to be sure not to take it very seriously. Oh that's, yeah, the, that's the key. 
that that was ballsy too because it came out a year after Batman and Robin came out. Yeah, it, so that um, was... I, I yeah, it definitely it walked the line of of uh, cheesy goodness a lot a lot better than that one did. That one was just it was difficult to watch. And it was the first time Marvel said, "Hey, we can make a good movie." Because what did they do before? <laughs> they made they had Captain America. They had the Nick Fury TV movie, the Spider Man with the rubber suit, and the Spider Man. I think yeah, and they. <laughs> They actually made two Captain America movies in the 70s also, but they also had a Doctor Strange TV movie. Really? Yeah. And apparently it's nothing like the Doctor Strange that we see today. And of course, the like amazing Roger Corman Fantastic Four. Oh, and Fantastic Four. Fuck, why didn't I think of that one? Uh, <laughs> Stinkerfest 2018, was that? Was yes. that this year? <laughs> yes. Uh, fuck, where the hell was I going with this? Stuff. Well, it was, it, was kind of the, it was kind of one of their first moves into making an actually good adaptation of one of their yeah i mean uh (laughs) i don't know which came first blade or x-men but blade came in 98 yeah then that would that would pretty much make blade the first good marvel movie yeah that yeah exactly and uh did you know that spider-man there's a there's a fan theory like an internet theory going around that spider-man is technically in the same universe as power rangers the the super sentai japanese version of power rangers (laughs) no because toei or toho one of those two companies that I can't remember the name of because I don't know why. I, whatever. Uh, there was a Japanese Spider-Man show. Oh, Spider-Man. And he, yeah. And he fought monsters with a giant robot. Yep. Just like Power Rangers. So there, there's people are referenced in Ready Player One. Oh, was it? Yeah, it was referenced. He he was one of the uh, he was one of the giant robots you could get in Ready Player One. Uh, the book or the movie the or book, both? The book. The book. Not the okay. Because I know I haven't read the book. I haven't seen the movie. In the, I mean, in the in, in the did. You, Oh, you haven't seen the movie? Oh, well, in the movie, there, there's a really great scene involving giant robots, and in the book, it was Ultraman, but in the yes. movie, they they changed it to um, to uh, Gundam. Okay, well, still good. Which, I mean, still. I can totally understand, because Gundam is more mainstream, and you got to kind of appeal to... Yeah, I mean, it was trying to appeal more to mainstream than hardcore geeks, but... Uh, I would much rather see Ultraman. I personally would have <laughs> rather seen Ultraman, too, but... You know. I, I have the I have the complete Ultraman series from the '60s on DVD. That does not surprise me at all. I'm not a nerd. Shut up. But yeah, so like we said before, we're like ten minutes in here. Uh, Maybe we should actually talk about frailty. Spoiler alert: because <laughs> shit goes down. Uh, yeah. So we open with Matthew McConaughey being fucking super cool as he always is being matthew mcconaughey <laughs> across from powers booth being powers booth i'm a big powers booth fan i think he's i think he's one of those guys who should well i think he died didn't he recently or, or am i mistaking him for someone else i don't know everybody died well suffice to <laughs> suffice to say he criminally underused actor in my opinion yeah, and I, I knew I'd, i knew i'd seen him i couldn't remember his name but i'm like he looks sort of like michael ironside he does he's got a, he's got a, like him <laughs> In my opinion, Powers Booth is like Michael Ironside without the cheese factor, because Michael Ironside's in so many cheesy movies. Okay, yeah, Highlander two. In the in the best way, mind you. Yeah. Um, Scanners, Highlander two, Starship Troopers, the next Karate Kid. Oh, was he in that? Yes, he. Free was. Willy, of course. My literally my only memory of that movie, aside from the iconic Willy jumping over the the uh, barrier thing, is Michael Ironside going. The Willy Show. <laughs> <laughs> what kind of movie is this? <laughs> He's gonna free Willy, all right. <laughs> like I'm watching that as a teenager. How they had to know what they were doing, right? I mean, at least he had to know what he was doing. 
even if the filmmakers were naive to it. I want that to be an improv line. And and the filmmaker just didn't know. Like, he was a good Christian boy and didn't understand what it meant. <laughs> and then Michael Ironside was, like, was like, what the hell am I doing here? <laughs> That'd be, that would be the best. We need a documentary about Free Willy just so we can hear that story. <laughs> Even if it's made up, he'd tell it the best way. It'd be awesome. I actually only saw Scanners really recently. I've never seen it either, and that's one of those. It's on my list. It's actually on my Amazon list. I, I own the Criterion Blu-ray of it, and I got the Criterion Blu-ray of it because Criterion released a Blu-ray of it. I had never seen it before, but I love Cronenberg, and I loved um, uh, Videodrome's one of my favorite movies, and their release of Videodrome was fantastic, and I was like, well, they're releasing another Cronenberg movie. I got to get it, even though I hadn't seen it, and then I watched it, and it's fucking amazing. Yeah, if I find a Criterion movie at like a pawn shop or something, I will usually pick it up just cause. Oh yeah. You, yeah. You really, you really owe it to yourself. Cause it, it hap- you find them, you find them used in the wild so mm-hmm. seldom. And they're so fucking expensive. They're really good, which is why they're expensive, but they are. I mean, really, yeah. I mean, any, any Criterion Blu-ray you want to get is going to be 40 bucks. So much. I know. I, I spent like $30 on repo man. Yeah. But it was I mean, it's, it. wor- it's it's totally worth it. We need to do an episode like going back and revisiting all the movies that we've only watched once. Like, well, I so what? Am, am I supposed to abstain from Repo Man then because I've seen it like a dozen no, times? no. Like we'll we'll <laughs> we'll call it revisited, and then you'll watch Sex Drive again, and oh, I'll okay. watch Repo Man okay. again, <laughs> and then we'll then we'll discuss how much better or worse it is on the second the second go round because we we both decided that each of those movies would be better the second time you watch them. Yeah, yeah, and I and I still have to see the theatrical version of Sex Drive. Yeah, do way. that next time. I it's, I can't. I couldn't find it to oh, download. Yeah. I've been looking, and every version of it that I come across on a completely legal downloading site, I was says that says weird. Sex Drive, <laughs> not Sex Drive unrated, not director's cut, not anything like that. And I've downloaded like. I've downloaded like 12 of them. They're always the director's cut. Oh man. And it took me a long time to find the Blu-ray because I I had to settle for like a French Canadian copy. Oh really? Yeah. Cause yeah, I don't think I actually, I don't think I've ever seen it on Blu-ray. I've seen it on DVD like back, back when it was popular. I don't think I've ever seen it on Blu-ray. It's mostly the same. It's just, it just has everything is in English and in French on the cover. Oh yeah. That doesn't (laughs) surprise me. That's it. That's it. Every, everything else is good. I have a few of those Canadian DVDs. But uh, watching the movie, watching Frailty for the first time, not knowing, my whole thought was, the whole time was like, is he crazy or is it real? Is it going to be real at the end or is it is he just going to be fucking nuts? And then <laughs> I'm, I'm watching it and that, that's one thing. I'm like, daddy has a mental illness and he just passed it on to one of his sons. Little did I know that, you know, we'll get there. And then, I, You know, that... It was it was exactly the opposite for me. I I went what I what I think is probably the course that most everybody went when they watched it, which is oh he's crazy as shit, you know. Like it never even occurred to me to question it. <laughs> oh, <yeah. laughs> I was I was just from a from the standpoint of I've seen a hundred movies like this and it goes one of two ways each time. Yeah, that's true. That's <laughs> true. But you know, keeping in mind, I actually did watch it in two thousand one. Okay, so yeah, we weren't. So I, I I wasn't quite as callous to uh the the twist the twist ending that everybody you know has has kind of overused at the at this point. We hadn't seen every fucking movie ever at that point. <laughs> yeah, I was only twenty two years old. We hadn't spent many single years just in our fucking bedrooms staring at our TVs <laughs> at that point, or married single years in my case. Well, 
I I was I was in relationships, but they left me alone a lot of the time. So I was just jerking off and watching cartoons. That in this case, perfectly movies. describes my marriage. Yeah, just jerking off and just watching jerking cartoons. off and watching cartoons. <laughs> Hentai, among others. <laughs> oh God! Now we're we're back on jerking off. That happens every time. I like that Samuel L. Jackson uh, answering questions from the internet. Do you like anime? <laughs> He's like, Yeah, I do. I like hentai too. The really weird shit. <laughs> I've heard that. I fucking love that guy. He's he's my favorite. That's sorry, my brain just took a shit. What the fuck just happened? So okay, getting back to the movie yeah. then, I'll 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 steer the conversation for a moment. I need it. Paxton's need performance in this movie is I mean, I I think with a lesser performer, the movie would have would have really sucked. Because Paxton is able to play it like he's so it's so it's so real from a father's from a father's standpoint of what if you were in that situation I mean that that's kind of how I look at this movie is it's it's the story of on a deeper level it's it's the story of a father trying to instill the right values in his children and teaching his children to overcome you know the pitfalls of adulthood and of growing up like there's that scene where Adam comes in, the younger son, and he's got a list that he's made up for that, that he's made up for himself. And he's and 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 Paxton kind of has this moment with him, and it's really it it's sort of terrifying in the context of, of of the first time you watch the movie and stuff. But I think it really epitomizes what parents are trying to go through when they're teaching their kids about hard truths and about the nuance of learning how to deal with the world being such a dark place and stuff where you're like, look, you have to learn that, that you can do a good thing, but then there are ways to take that and make it a bad, selfish, evil thing. And you have to learn what the, what that difference is. And that there's, it's, it, it, it's more than just going with your gut. You know, it's, uh, it's about trying to find that higher road and to, and to walk the right path, not necessarily the easy path. And so, you know, if you if you can get past the if you can get past the serial killer aspect of it, it's actually a really tender story about a, about a father having a difficult figuring out a difficult relationship with his sons. And Paxton really nails it. I mean, his his performance is the linchpin of the whole movie, and it really holds everything together. Yeah, he was good, and the kids actually acted well, which is handy because yeah. kid actors are fucking horrible like yeah. half the time. <laughs> in gen- in general, I'm I'm against child actors. Yeah, one of them, the older one, I he hasn't been in a whole whole lot that I've seen. I actually haven't seen anything else with him. The first time I ever saw him was at around that time, around uh-huh. early 2000s. He was in a Disney Channel original movie called Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire. <laughs> it's got Caroline Rhea in it as the mom. You know, one of the one of the aunts from Sabrina the Teenage Witch. Oh, okay, okay. Uh, oh, she she's the one who played Jimmy King's wife in yeah yeah in yeah, uh, uh, Ready to Rumble. Bring it yep. back around. Yep. So I saw him in that, and he ended up in both GI Joe movies. Really? As Mouse, I believe. Huh. No, wait. Wrong kid. Wrong kid. I'm dumb. That was the what? kid from Jurassic Park. What? Sorry, sorry, everybody. You're no. derailing our entire conversation here. What the fuck, man? No, you know what? He ended up playing a bunch of villains. That's right. He was in that movie. Uh, Death Sentence with Kevin Bacon. He played one of the bad guys. One of the he was thugs. in that. Yeah, God, I only saw that movie once when it came right when it hit DVD. And me too. And I remember seeing him, and I'm like, holy shit, it's that fucking kid. That was before IMDb really became a thing that I just used all the oh, time. Oh wow. So. Yeah. No. I uh, yeah. I should rewatch that movie. James Wan is a has proved himself to be a solid director over the years. I should I should rewatch Death Sentence. Didn't he direct Dead Silence too, or was that just 
Did he just he did. produce that? Nope, he so. did. And, uh, um, oh, what the fuck's the guy's name? The guy who wrote Saw and played the guy in the bathtub. Uh, I don't remember his name either. Anyway, he... he <laughs> He 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 wrote it too, so it was like oh, okay. them teaming up again. If I if I'm not mistaken, I, I'm because I did not like Dead Silence when I watched it. That no, I didn't. Re- I didn't really like it the first time I saw it. I mean, I think it's effective, <laughs> but I didn't. I didn't. I didn't care for it at the time. The idea is super creepy, if nothing else. I think that I think the ending, uh, the the twist ending again. Getting back to God damn it, Hackney <laughs> twist endings. Uh, I think that I think the twist ending was pretty damn good in that one. I'm gonna have to watch it again because now I I don't remember the fucking ending at all. I don't no. remember. I just remember I didn't. I think like it, mer- it I think it merits a second watch because mm-hmm. at the time I know we were coming off of uh oh fuck what was that shitty Tooth Fairy movie? Oh, uh, Darkness Falls. Yeah, Darkness Falls. <laughs> and then uh, Juan had of course only done Saw up to that point. And so it leaned more towards the Darkness Falls model, which was such a shitty movie that as soon as I started feeling it was going more that direction, I was like, "Ah, oh, fuck this movie." But Juan is a competent director. He, he, he he's one he's one of the better ones in recent years. Certainly a hell of a lot better than a lot of the people who are working for Bloomhouse. Oh, but Bloomhouse makes some good movies. They I don't do. Know. They make some like, great movies know. and they make some shit movies. Well, they're they're kind of all over the place. Give give me a shitty one. Ouija. Okay. Well, Ouija. That's true. That was yeah. Blumhouse. I didn't know that. I thought I I thought Ouija was Blumhouse because they uh, I I keep on hearing that they they keep on these companies keep on making these movies and fucking up and then they're they're really bad and then they're like okay we're gonna make a sequel because these movies made a lot of money and everybody's like oh the sequels are good which is counterintuitive. Why would you go see the sequel when the first movie was such shit? I don't know because yeah. reviewers tell you that it sucks way less than the first one. How is that I a recommendation? What fucked up world do we live in where that is a recommendation? It's not as shit as the first one. Yeah. Oh, well, I better go plunk down my money and vote for that. Well, because I heard, I heard the same thing about like, uh, uh, fuck, see, it happened again. The Purge. Like, people didn't love The Purge. They didn't think it took the idea far enough, which may be true. But then the second one, they're like, oh no, that that that's a good one. That's what I want to see. That's what I want out of a fucking Purge movie. I don't know. I think I think I think Purge and Anarchy were both really good movies in for what they were. Mm-hmm. In that the Purge was a much smaller movie. And okay, you know, yeah, I can see how some people would have wanted the bigger movie, but that's what you got in the second movie. And that being the case, I I think the first one holds up really well. I've watched it a couple times since it came out, and uh, I've enjoyed it every time. I, I think it holds up well. I'm gonna have to get the box set. I haven't <laughs> I, I haven't watched I haven't yet. watched uh, uh, Election Day yet, so I can't I can't I can't say on that one keep getting sidetracked over here i the, the trouble is is i i by the time by the time i came i came upon election day i by the time <laughs> the purge colon election day came out <laughs> uh i couldn't watch a movie alone anymore and my then girlfriend hadn't watched the first two yet so we ended up watching the first one together and then we broke up so you couldn't watch a movie alone what do you mean you just i can't watch a movie alone i can't do it anymore it's really hard to do I just I just get bored and I um I feel like I should be doing something else. If I'm watching with somebody, I feel like I've got a reason to be invested. Going to the theater also helps, but it's hard to motivate myself to get to the theater cuz I don't really want to see most of the stuff that's in the theater. I got excited about Deadpool, I got excited about Hotel Artemis. I did watch Hotel Artemis by the way, and uh if you haven't seen it, you should. I'm gonna Tuesday is going to be my official movie night because they have 50% off on popcorn. Good deal. Fatty me. Fat me. Good deal. Yeah, <laughs> see it in the theater. It, it, it It's a movie. It, it really bums me out because, um, well, of course, by the time anybody hears this, it's going to be out of the theater. But, like, it's it, it was sort of considered a failure in its first weekend. And 
but it's actually an original story. It's not based on previously published material, and it is a good movie, you know. But that that lack of instant brand recognition, I think, it puts people off so much because everything is brand recognition nowadays, and it's it's sad because a good movie like that falls through the cracks. And it's a solid movie. I mean, just look at the cast, and that was enough. That was. I mean, we went over this last week. Yeah. I don't need to reiterate <laughs> this shit. Watch fucking Hotel Artemis. Hotel Artemis is good, apparently. And, so I'm gonna, and I'm gonna frailty. Go see it. Watch frailty. Definitely watch frailty. Okay, I'm gonna I'm gonna get I'm gonna get back to it. Did I just did I just fuck up? I think I did. I accidentally deleted my notes. Whatever. Anyways, <laughs> <laughs> I hit the wrong button. Fuck. What's the worst that could happen? Oh uh, shit! But I re- I remember the point I was gonna make. Uh, they were watching Davy and Goliath. Not, oh yeah, not, yeah. They, I keep on wanting to call it moral oral, moral, but that's the, <laughs> but they were watching Davy and Goliath, and it essentially sums up the entire conflict of the movie, doesn't it? Because then they say yeah. like, God gives you free will; He doesn't make you do things. Yeah, he's like, why did God let? Why did God let this happen to me? He's like, God didn't make this happen to you. Well, God let me do it. God didn't make you do anything. You're not a the the the, the one line I think is hilarious is you're not a puppet with strings. Say says the puppet who's claymation, <laughs> right? <laughs> But yeah, no. The gist of, the gist of the whole scene was you have a you get to decide what you do with your life, and it's really up to you. Nobody yeah. forces you to do anything. Yeah, this whole thing go it, it, the whole movie. I'm I am trying to figure out if he's if he believes the shit. And I was thinking like when they bring that first woman in and he grabs her and he starts freaking out. Uh-huh. And I'm wondering like, is he actually seeing something? Or I kind of want to see it, but I don't want to see it at the same time. I don't want to know, but I want to know. It's more more of that thing. Yeah, it's better left to the imagination, but you want to know so fucking bad. Yeah, so I'm like, is it is, is it real? Is it is it not? Is he just fucking nuts? And that's when I was going to bring up, until I fucking got to the end of the movie, uh, the connection between mental illness and religion. <laughs> <laughs> okay, all right, then, let's go there. And then I'm like, well, fuck. Spoiler alert: It's all real. <laughs> since since at yeah, the end of the yeah, movie, we, it's we, like we, real. We, we've given him enough warnings <laughs> at this point. Uh, if um, if you haven't checked out by now. Yeah, right. Um, uh, then I'm like, "Fuck that!" That completely that completely wrecks that whole thing because that's why I was thinking that the whole he has he has a mental illness and he's giving it to his kids and then it's like it turns out, oh fuck, maybe he doesn't have a mental illness. Well, he obviously does a little. Well, that's the thing. That's the thing is, um, like I said, been a fan of this movie for a very long time. Uh, have owned it on DVD and Blu-ray, and in the audio commentary, the writer actually has an audio commentary track rare for uh, good. There's movies. three audio commentaries. It's awesome. I'm gonna go through them. And and in one of the audio commentary, he he actually starts the audio commentary basically you know he's he starts with the assumption of why are you listening to the audio commentary if you haven't watched the movie yet and says look i'll just i'll just come right out and say it god spoke to this guy and turned him into a demon slayer and that that's what happens in the universe of this story you know and i i I guess there was he he if i'm remembering correctly and, and please forgive me if i'm wrong it's been a very long time since i listened to that audio commentary track but he said there was there was actually a lot of backlash in the theater like with with test audiences and stuff because they didn't want to accept that that was the reality of the movie right they just wanted him to be a crazy psychopath yeah yeah, yeah. and i can see that because because when you're that in inve- like you've gone through you know 90 percent of the movie and that is clearly what's going on in your mind it was what was going on in my mind you know and then to suddenly have it shift so radically and be told nope everything you've assumed about it is wrong up to this point <laughs> and that happens three fucking times in the movie jesus yeah. and the other thing the other the other thing is is um the first time they cut the movie 
they did show what he saw the I, first time he touched the people. Yeah, I and imagine. then and and audiences weren't having any problem with the twist at that point. Like like there was no twist in their mind at that point. And so Paxton brought James Cameron in and showed him a cut the cut of the movie and said, Look, what are we doing wrong? And Cameron said, Oh, it's real easy. Don't show what he sees. And so James Cameron is actually responsible for that level of uncertainty being at play as you're watching the movie. You can thank James Cameron for that. And Bill Paxton for being friends with James Cameron and yeah. having the having the forethought to ask him to come in and take a look at it and tell him what he thinks. Well, he was only in one of the best sequels ever that he happened to direct, so it's okay. That I haven't seen yet. I would I, argue, I would argue the <laughs> I would argue the best sequel. I mean, I love Terminator 2. I really do. But, well, no. Yeah, he was in Terminator 1. He wasn't in Terminator 2. But Aliens is always going to be closer to my heart, personally. that That's on the list. I, I, buy, I buy a lot of these just based on, like, that I haven't seen just based on the synopsis. Like, Frailty. I'm like, I own it. I own it. I, I own the shit. Criterion Blu-ray. I've, I, I, I used to own the Criterion DVD, and then I gave it to my friend after I bought the Blu-ray. Got to upgrade that shit. Yep. I kind of wish I'd saved it for my son now just because my son's has my son has similar taste in movies as me and now he's old enough that I would like, you know, not <laughs> I would not be opposed to him watching Fear and Loathing. Of course, of course when I traded it I think my son was like 11. Oh yeah, so. yeah. So he he sounds like a weirdo. We have a third mic if he's ever in town, you know. He is in town. Oh, well, shit. There you go. So where... He, he wants to be an astronaut. And then when he gets famous, he says he, he, says he wants to b- write an autobiography called Fuck You, Dad. <laughs> <laughs> I told him, if you do that, I will appear... I, I will make personal appearances endorsing the book. <laughs> That's awesome. I will, be, I will go on late night and promo the book with you. <laughs> the book Fuck You, Dad. You could have Samuel L. Jackson read it. <laughs> <laughs> that then make it good. Who could be more perfect for reading "fuck you, dad" than Samuel L. Jackson? Nobody. Okay, frailty. So yeah, where where were we? Let, should we jump? We were talking about well, we were talking about Paxton's. Perf- oh, we were talking about the writing. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. And of course, of course, the twist, the twist ending, which uh, the, fucking one multiple multiple twists. Because so the 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 first one, well, the first one happened. I'm counting like the first one as the kid. When he reveals that he's not the kid, the brother he said he was. No, no, the, I, I'm looking at the first one like uh, the kid. Finally, he's like, I see, I see it, I see it happen, and they're down there, and he's ready to kill that, gonna, oh, gonna kill he, that guy, and then he kills his dad instead. He kills his dad. So instead. Bill Paxman gets a, Bill Paxman, Bill Paxton gets a fucking axe in the heart by the little kid from Mom's Got a Date with a Vampire, <laughs> and. Uh, from now on he's eternally the kid from mom's got a date with a vampire <laughs> and i'm just like oh shit okay i wasn't i was like half expecting that earlier but i i like once he once he accepted it i didn't think it was gonna happen yeah like by that point you didn't and then like he, if he hadn't done it already why yeah. was he why is he gonna do it now and then the little and i, I expected the little brother to just kind of like okay cool we're good let's let this guy go and then then the little brother cuts no. the fucker's head off <laughs> like all right cool that just that just completely little destroyed goes patrick uh, bateman on his ass yeah, that just destroyed the entire narrative there we go now it's it's a whole fucking new story at this point <laughs> and then matthew mcconaughey kind of shuts down in the car after that part of the story and then they go to the fucking rose garden yep and he's walking the cop over there and i'm like okay 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 he is going to kill the cop I didn't call the whole thing. I half called the twist. <laughs> so this is twist two. He's going to kill the fucking cop. I know it's going to happen. They're going to be working together or something like that. Did you call it before or after he revealed that he was not Fenton? Before. 
before okay, I, okay, I called that part because right. I'm like, oh, right when they got there, it got all ominous and weird. So I'm like, oh, yeah, ah, that, he's, that, that, guy, <laughs> that guy is dead. See, like after he revealed Fenton, then it's then it's pretty clear he's going to kill the cop. It's not mm-hmm. clear why yet. But. Yeah, yeah. And that's so they, they do that. He reveals, Which is oh, why I'm, Powers Booth pulls the gun on him at, at that point. He's like, whoa, take it slow. Yeah. I'm not, I'm not Fenton. I'm, what's his name? Adam. Adam. Fuck. Got, got crazy. And then, <laughs> and I'm like, oh shit. So his brother is, so he's killing in the name of God, do, you know, killing evil people, but his brother's just fucking murdering people. We, we figured that out, right? He's just murdering yeah, people. Yeah, Fenton is, Fenton is just a murderer. Just a psycho. Yeah. So that was. So Fenton actually, it turns out Fenton actually, Fenton's, the, the angel was right and he was a demon. And so that to is. Be destroyed. That's two twists in one right there, kind of. Yeah. And then kills the cop because the cop killed his own mom. And I kind of, once he started, once he revealed that he was not, that he was Adam instead of Fenton, I'm like, oh, the cop killed his mom, duh. Yeah, because, yeah, I mean, it keeps, it, at that point, if you're paying close attention, you can definitely, you can definitely you can pick it feel, out where, a feel bit. where it's going. Plus, and, Powers Booth just looks evil to begin with. I mean, right? he does. He, that that, he that was my evil. association with Michael Ironside. <laughs> Both of them always play bad guys, don't they? Yeah. Generally. Yeah. Well, they're just damn good at it, you know? I mean, uh, Powers Booth played Jim Jones. Oh, shit. Okay. In, yeah. In uh, the, the TV movie. Wow. Dude, he really fucking looks like him, doesn't he? That's <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. And I, he won an Emmy for that, I think. Was that a TV? That was a TV yeah, movie a TV, back in the... It was a TV movie from... Um, the early '80s or late '70s, and uh, yeah, he yeah he won the Emmy for that one, if I remember correctly. That's a fun topic all on its own. Jim Jones, Jonestown, <laughs> hello. So how about the the third twist? You know where I'm headed with the third twist, obviously. The third twist being where uh, it turn it turns out that God was protecting him, and he's impossible to trace. Or are oh we talking shit, about there's else? way more than three twists in this fucking movie. Okay. Well, I guess that part of the twist is like, holy shit, it's all true. You can't, no, nobody can see him because yeah. he's fucking. And then, then the one, the one that I was referring to was right when the when the FBI's FBI guy's assistant fucking walks into the sheriff's office. Oh, and he's the sheriff. He's yeah, the he's, fucking sheriff. He's the sheriff. Because, yeah. And somebody didn't. One of them suggest. Oh, he, yeah, Matthew McConaughey suggested. Is that why you became? A cop, so you could catch the bad guy that did that to your yeah. mom. And I'm just like, oh, yeah, well, yeah, that makes sense. And then, well, and it, yeah, and he <laughs> says, maybe you should be a cop. Yep. You got the instinct. Oh shit, for yeah, it. I, yeah, I completely skipped over that in my brain. Like, <laughs> yeah, that. Wow, I'm gonna have to watch this again. No, it's a, it's a movie that really <laughs> it it demands a second watch. You really have to watch it one more time. And I was I it, I was talking with my son about it, and there are there are definitely scenes like I'm not going to try and pretend like they don't exist, exist much as I would like to. There are moments in the movie where the technical aspects of the movie need help. There are a few scenes that really feel like direct-to-video, you know, or lifetime movies or something like that from a technical aspect. It was definitely his first time. Yeah, <laughs> but the writing and this this is what I was telling my son is is. In, in the horror genre, there are three core elements. There's, there's the writing, there's the characters, uh, which, which, by which I, I mean the way the actors address the characters, not necessarily the way the writer or the director addresses the characters. And then there's the execution of horror. And if most horror movies screw up one of those three core things, and if you can nail those three things, all the other stuff is kind of forgivable in my book. The, the the technical problems can be can be looked past because you've got strong writing strong strong characterization by the actors and the horror is effective 
mm-hmm. it's really effective. And and the horror scenes in this movie, the scenes in the in the take place in the shed or in the basement, uh, are bone chilling. I mean, they really. I've seen this movie almost a dozen times at this point, and they still send chills down my spine every time I see them. Yeah, this movie is a horror movie in the truest sense, even though everybody will call it a thriller forever. Like, it's a horror movie like Seven is a horror movie, or yeah. Silence of the Lambs is a horror movie. I, I don't understand I don't understand why people have trouble calling something horror if it, if it doesn't have some sort of, like, a monster or a demon. I mean, it even has demons. If yeah, you, technically, if you look at it, if you look at it in the in the uh, after, you know, in the in in the post twist viewing mode, it really does have demons and everything. I mean, so you know, it's it really is truly a horror movie. I I can't wrap my head around uh, how some people can look at movies like that and just be like, no, they're not horror because they don't have a ghost or because they don't have uh you know a, a monster or it's something much like easier that. to get people to watch them though if you say this is a thriller this is a crime drama yeah yeah but yeah i don't know Pe- genre snobs kind of bum me out because it's an extra disturbing crime drama though so there because you go. because i mean i i don't know as a horror fan i'm proud to have a movie like this on my you know that that i can claim this for the genre you know and and be like no this is a great horror movie you know same thing with like a movie like which i i, I don't know you you said you weren't like a huge fan, but Devil's Rejects, which I think is a, is a great horror movie, despite the fact no supernatural element or anything like that. Well, that's scary and realistic-ish, so it's yeah. kind of that's what makes it scary. Yeah, I don't know. Rob Zombie, Rob Zombie said about that. He's like, yeah, people were coming up to me after I made this movie, being like, that's not a horror movie. I'm like, what world do you live in where that's not horrific? <laughs> no shit, exactly. <laughs> yeah, I'm like, there's there there's several different ways to go about horror. It can be. It can be Evil Dead style, which is awesome, by the way. No complaints there. Nope. Or slasher stuff, Jason, fucking yep. Nightmare on Elm Street shit. Or it could be a little bit more psychological, like Frailty, or again, Seven, si- that kind or of Silence stuff. Or Silence of the Lambs. Silence of the Lambs is, it, Silence of the Lambs is yeah, I, I, I think genre people have a little bit of a chip on their shoulder about that just because it did so well. Yeah. I mean, yeah. but it's a great, you know, it, it's a genuinely great movie, and it's genuinely horrifying eli roth will talk about that all day and say what what, you will about what way he because when he was trying to break into the business he he's on the commentary track for cabin fever he'd be like well at at, by the time i was trying to get into it horror was a dirty word like scream had broke big and that was the first horror movie called that was called a horror movie in a long time to like make it as big but then oh nobody wants horror movie anymore because scream 2 didn't do as well oh so you have to call it a thriller if you want it to do well and and he's like, he, he called, uh, the reason I'm thinking like this is that he put put this idea in my brain that he's like, Seven is a great fucking horror movie. That is a fucking, that is a great horror movie. Silence yeah. of the Lambs is a great horror movie, but nobody wants to call it that because it won't make any money. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> like, that's true. Jaws. Yeah. It's less true these days, I think, because of things, because of companies like Blumhouse putting out good fucking horror movies most of the time. And everybody's hitting this. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. But like, at, le- at least, at least the ones that are getting the most attention are the really good ones these days. Yeah. Cause you have don't breathe. You have get out. Yeah. The witch is supposed to be real good. The witch is excellent. It comes at night is another one that I haven't seen. I haven't people, seen, I haven't seen that one either. My son, my son keeps telling me, you gotta watch it. People are very on the middle in the middle on that one. Yeah. Cause they're like, Oh, it doesn't have this scary thing. Like it was suggested, but then they're like, Oh, but it's, you have to, you have to kind of approach it from, there's this a movie. Sort of there's a movie on Netflix um, that I that I would I would put in this category that I think a lot of people upon finishing finishing would maybe get 
a little snobby about, but it, it, there's a movie called They Look Like People. It's on Netflix. and uh, Is it a Netflix original or is it just I, on there? No, I don't think it's a Netflix original. I think it's just one that they picked up because mm-hmm. nobody else picked it up. And it's just a great horror movie. Like, it, it really atmospheric. Like, movies like The Witch and They Look Like People and possibly It Comes at Night. I don't know. I haven't watched it. But they a lot of, a lot of people miss the quality of them because we're kind of trained in the jump scare thing. We're trained to respond to that as horror nowadays. Like my son, my son is a perfect example. My son watches a movie like uh, my youngest son, not my older son. We watched, we watched Jaws the other day and, um, and he'll watch, he'll watch a movie like that and he'll just be bored by it because he's, he's sort of been trained to either look for jump scares or, to look for comedy, you know, like if like he loves Killer Clowns and Army of Darkness and stuff like that, and he loves movies with a lot of jump scares, and he can't wrap his head around the idea of a horror movie that's all atmosphere, you know. So he so he consequently he misses out on he misses out on a lot of stuff, and I and and, and my understanding is that that is a more common attitude because of a lot of the stuff that people like Blumhouse are doing that focuses a lot on jump scares. I mean, it for better and for worse, James Wan is kind of to blame because <laughs> James Wan, James Wan uses the jump scare, but unlike a lot of, and, and this is something I saw pointed out in a, in a YouTube video by, I believe it was nerd writer or possibly every frame of painting. I can't remember which I like nerd writer. I've, I've heard of that. Oh, nerd writer is great. When he gives a jump scare, there's actually a reason like, like he doesn't give a jump scare in which there's nothing you should be scared of. If he gives you a jump scare, there actually is something in that scene that you should be scared of. He He uses the swelling music cues and stuff like that. He uses all the Pavlovian stuff. He, and he kind of perfected it for the modern age, but a lot of people use all that stuff and then give you nothing that you should actually be scared of. It's a kitty. I hate that. I fucking hate fucking that John one. Carpenter, man. I love the man and hate <laughs> him for specifically. The one thing I hate him for is that. But he did do it before it was a cliche. He did. So no, it was it was him and it was cool then. But now it's like, God damn it. <laughs> it's, it's, it's OK to swerve me a little bit, but don't fucking like I get I don't know. What movie was know, what man. movie was I watching the other day? It was fucking hilarious. Where there's there there they keep on having this one cat do a jump scare for like th- for like it feels like it's a couple of minutes. It's probably thirty seconds, but the cat does like twelve jump scares in a row. Was it scary movie? No, no. It was it was it was actually a good movie. Oh, okay, okay. I can't remember what it was though. It was fucking hilarious. Did you hear that, people? The scary movies, movies, the scary movie movies aren't good. Fuck I, I agree movie. with him. Fuck scary movie. You know, the first scary movie, the first scary movie was all right, just because it was it was the first movie in a while to copy that airplane formula and and go after an entire genre. I don't have a problem with that. But by the time we got to Scary Movie 7, and it wasn't even about horror movies anymore, it's just like, fuck you. Just go <laughs> fuck yourself. There's going to be a bunch of super nerds listening to this. There's no, there's not seven scary movies, guys. I don't fuck it. Whatever it was. By the second one, they weren't even a scary movies anymore. No, that was that was, that one was that one was about ghost movies. Oh, that's that's right. That was the one with Chris Elliott and the hand, yeah, yeah. Oh. the strong hand. Okay, that and one. Then, th- those first two were actually okay then. And then then the third one had Charlie Sheen, and it was about aliens. Oh no, you know what it was. You know what out. it was. You know what it was. 
Keenan Ivory Wayans directed the first two, and then the Zucker brothers came in for the third one. That's what it was. Oh, okay. So yeah, the it would because I remember and the Zucker brothers were responsible for the original airplane, um, which so it should have been should have been a, it should a have been run. amazing. Have been good. But yeah, like I I feel like as much as as much as I don't like a lot of what the first two movies did, at least they were they were true to their premise, which is <laughs> lampooning scary movies. Yeah. And I don't take away a lot from those movies. All I take away is that is the part where uh, was it was it Keenan Ivory Wayans? No, it was the the other Wayans in the movie, not not Marlon, not Marlon, the other one, Sean, Sean, yeah. And he was trying to teach uh, what's her name, Sydney, Anna Ferris, how to be how to be like street. <laughs> oh my god! And the nah mean thing, you, you know what I mean? Yeah, and that, that's I don't all, remember that, that. I don't remember that. At oh, all. and and I also took away the fun joke about Officer Doofy um, fucking the vacuum cleaner in his room. Again, I've blocked out most of this stuff. I, oh, and, and they Kaiser so say it at the end of the first one, too. Oh, did they? Yeah, because at, at the end of the movie, Officer Doofy uh, turns out to be the killer or something. I don't you remember, don't remember that, that, that shit. All. Yeah, I, I've blocked out the first one. I do. I, I did like Chris Elliott's character in the second one a lot. I thought that I thought he was really funny and gross and disturbing. But that's what Chris Elliott's good at is gross and disturbing. Yes, we like weird shit. It's fine. <laughs> Such weird shit. But this movie's actually like it, it could, you know, compared to some of the weird shit I like, it's it's award worthy. Oh fucking. yeah. Oh no. It's it, it like it's got actually nuanced performances and and quality filmmaking. It's in a non-ironic it. good movie. Yeah. Yeah. And it's disturbing as shit too. Because which which is which is the best part I think that movie, en- that yeah. that ending with just him and his him and his wife standing there and like she's pregnant and you just kind of like. Yep, and you're left with a fucking moral dilemma about like, is he a good guy or is he a yeah. bad guy? <laughs> yeah, like no, no easy, no easy choice at the end of that one. It's like you, uh, I guess he's the lesser of two evils, <laughs> as far as him and his brother go. Uh, he is technically doing God's work since we know that's actually real, and he does shake that <laughs> shake that FBI guy's hand, and he's like, "You're a good man," and the guy's just like, "Fucking weirdo." <laughs> The reaction on his face was kind of like, yeah, thanks. I uh, guess. Okay. You know what? We we need to completely fuck fuck up this first movie and have one of those weird straight to DVD sequels oh my where he God. is where he is literally just a superhero. Fuck! I just hit the microphone because <laughs> I'm articulating with my hands because they would do that. I'm surprised they didn't fucking do that. Actually, because that that's no. I think it's yeah. I think it's because um I I think it's be, it's probably because the rights belonged with the people who were intimately involved in the creation of the movie. Maybe, yeah. I think it was yeah. a small enough movie that they retained the rights to it. And so they and so between Paxton and the writer, <laughs> they were able to be like, yeah, you know, let's not completely shit on this movie. Let's let's actually just let this be a, a little piece of work that stands. Then they're like, you know what? We're going to make Constantine instead. <laughs> Pretty much I like Const- I like Constantine. <laughs> I think if you can get away from the comics, Constantine is actually a good movie. And I, yeah, it's one of those I'm indifferent to it. I'll, I'll watch it. Has Shia LaBeouf in it. Fucking A, does it? God damn it. <laughs> fucking and Peter Stormare as the single best version of the devil ever set to cinema. That guy has the wackiest cool voice. I fucking love it. <laughs> And I always forget his name, but he's always he's always that guy. He's like, oh, he's in that. You know yep. how I know? Because I can fucking hear him talking. And he, oh yeah, he, he can, has yeah, the you can, voice. You can spot him from a mile away oh, just yeah. with your ears. He was in a movie called The Movie Hero with Jeremy Sisto. Really, I, I haven't. I I'm not familiar with that one at all. It's about Jeremy Sisto's character who believes 
Who's he has, a, refresh my brain. Who's Jeremy Sisto? I know the fuck? name. I'm just trying was, to place his face. Was he in Lost? I don't fucking know. He all, yeah, all I know him from name. is indie, some indie movies that like he was in Waitress. Have you ever seen that one nope. with? Oh no, I did see it, but I don't. Oh, that's he's right. The, Sisto plays her husband. Yeah, he's yeah, the okay. husband. Yeah. All right. No, he was in. Um, uh, he was in Dead and Breakfast. He played okay. the douchebag boyfriend in Dead and Breakfast. Have oh, you seen uh, him? Wrong Turn. There we go. That's a movie you Oh, might Wrong have seen. Turn. There you go. <laughs> there we go. I was like, you got me. Horror. Yes. Yeah. Wrong Turn. <laughs> but he, uh, in the movie, he believes that he has an audience following him and that he's like the leading man in his own movie and that everybody has an audience following them and they're all the leading people and support. <laughs> they're the leading people in their own movies and supporting actors in other people's movies. And Peter Stormare plays the guy. He has this weird. Well, at least he was right. I mean, yeah, he was right about himself. He has this. (laughs) He has a guitar, and he steals people's audiences with the guitar. (laughs) And that's a pretty fucking weird movie, but I really like it a lot. I have to see this movie now. What's it called again? The Movie Hero. The Movie Hero. I'm gonna have to check that out. He has a love interest, and and her fiance hates movies and but i only likes books and he's like he's the perfect antagonist for me because obviously <laughs> <laughs> it's it's pretty weird and he, he meets a he has a like a sandwich board and he's looking for a sidekick uh-huh. and this black guy walks up to him he's like hey man i like your sign and he's like thanks and he's like no 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 i like your sign he's like you can't be my partner and he's like why not it's because you're black he's like excuse me <laughs> it's like that that's a cliche i don't do cliches <laughs> It's a it's a good one. I've not watched it in a long time. Actually, it was pretty. It's one it's one of those random finds that I found at the video store one day. Some of those are great. That's how I discovered American Movie. You ever seen American Movie? No, and I keep on. I need to I need to get it. It's not on any streaming, so I'm just I'm just gonna get the DVD one day because yeah, it's not you, on Blu-ray. No, either, you so. absolutely should. It was on the Angry Video Game Nerd on Cinema Massacre did his top five movies about making movies. Yeah, American Movies the shit, man. And that was number one on his list. Uh, in or into oblivion or oblivion with steve buscemi was on it i haven't seen that one me neither and i nobody nobody fucking remembers that apparently i yeah i've it's, never <laughs> i've never even heard of it zach like steve Miri, buscemi zach and mary make a porno did not make the list i don't think <laughs> zach and mary make a porno is underrated no i like that movie a lot it did it is kevin smith trying really hard to be judd apatow but in a kevin smithy way yeah but I, I like it. I'll sit down and watch that every. Once I don't know. In a I think he did a good. You know, because because Kevin Kevin Smith, he's all his his humor is always a little more transgressive. Apatow's more down the middle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I I think it was. I think it like if Kevin Smith was going to try to be Judd Apatow, that was the movie to do it. And he he, I think he did a damn good job of it. He did. And nobody went to see it. It yeah it. Which is a bummer because I, yeah, I liked it a lot. It wasn't in theaters for very long because I remember I tried to go see it in the theater and it had already. Gone. I did see it in the theater. Uh, it was a really cool experience. I, I, me and my brothers were doing this thing at the time where we would meet downtown at uh, Cyrus O'Leary's on a Sunday, and they had a really good deal on chicken wings and beer. Yes. And, uh, so we'd have chicken. We'd fill up on chicken wings and beer, and then we'd go over to the AMC. Nice. And watch a movie. And uh, sounds like a good day. And sober up. Because <laughs> eh. you know it's like three blocks down. Who needs that shit? So we just walk down there. Says the straight edge guy. <laughs> Who needs that sober shit? <laughs> so I can't I can't think of a natural way to circle back and talk about the movie. I maybe maybe Kevin Smith and Bill Paxton have met each other at one point, but I can't six six degrees of separation this shit. I can I can connect it to Kevin Bacon because of the kid who's in fucking Death Sentence. But oh yeah, other than yeah. that, <laughs> there you go. As long as you can connect it back to Kevin Bacon, that's what really matters. And I, it didn't even take me six degrees. Nope, took you one degree. Yes, fucking I'm I'm good at that game. <laughs> 
All right. So I'll have to keep I'll have to keep that in mind for the next time someone brings up like Sigourney Weaver or something like that. I don't know. Was she in a Kevin can, Bacon movie? No, but I can stick her to Bill Paxton. Oh, Paxton fuck. To there the you kid go. And the yep. kid to Kevin Bacon. Damn it. Yes. We're good at this. We we spend way too much time watching movies, I think. So I... <laughs> bo- bottom line, this is this is, this is is a long-standing favorite of mine. I've been a, I've been a huge fan of this movie for uh, better better well over a decade now and seen it many, many times. And, and I definitely recommend that you give it a rewatch. Because it is a completely different movie the second time. I'm gonna. It's. It's. It looks like I need to. I need to do it again because I'm thinking about all the stuff now, and I'm like, that would have been so much fucking. Maybe not. Maybe not better. But maybe. Maybe it will be better the second time because I know all the stuff that's actually happening. <laughs> <laughs> I. Some movies are good. I, I like some when some movies do that. But if other movies that aren't as smart as they think they are, yeah, try to do stuff to make you watch it a second time, that pisses me off. But this one's actually worth a second watch. So. So do it. This is one of those we'll have to go back to in the revisited episode. Cool. Yeah. Well, I, I'm. Oh, one last one last <laughs> note on this movie, and this is just a personal anecdote. My ex girlfriend, who I'm still very close friends with, I introduced her to this movie one weekend, and I was like, "Hey, would you like to watch this movie? It's one of my favorites." And she's she goes, "Yeah, sure. Why not? You know." So we pop it in, we watch it. She's like, "Wow, yeah, that was a really good movie." You know, and uh, and literally within, I'm gonna say. It might have been the next day. Mm-hmm. It also might have been as late as three days later. She comes up to me. Uh, I'm sitting. I'm sitting on the couch at her place, and she is looking at her phone. And she kind of looks up at me and goes, "You know what? You know what? We should watch. We should watch that movie, Frailty. I've heard it's really good." <laughs> and at that point, I was like, "You are the stoniest stoner I've ever met." <laughs> <laughs> nice. nice. You forget you watched it what three days ago? You said or some yeah. shit. <laughs> Like, hmm, maybe. <laughs> Even after I explained to her that we had watched it, she could not remember it. She <laughs> believed me completely because I was telling the truth, but she couldn't remember it still. That happens to me and Rachel all the time. Nothing's come back. One of us forgets something that happened, and except we're meaner and we don't believe each other. <laughs> I guess you did. No, we didn't. Fucking, I, I was not there. I don't remember that. <laughs> so, yeah, guys, go see Frailty. It's fucking, yeah. it's fucking good. Give it a, give it a watch. Give it a watch. If, Maybe. If, you, if you're dumb and listen to this without having already watched yeah, it. Yeah, what the fuck? If you, and if you watch it again. Yeah. If you have watched it, do watch it again. All right. So that that is the show. If you want to give us <laughs> money because you think we're cool, go to patreon.com slash sharks across Hollywood. And if you want to follow us where we never really post anything, you can follow us on everything at the shark pod. Is that everything? Got anything else? Uh, stay awesome. Stay awesome. Oh, a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Just a dainty dab a donkey dickle do. Yeah. If you want <laughs> it inside you and you like it where you poo, then a dainty dab a donkey dickle do.